your brain basically thinks you're an idiot and doesn't trust you. Like, I've got to do what I can to make sure that you understand that you need to bring in money and this is very, very scary and you could be homeless tomorrow. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. Today, we are meeting with Andrea Waltz. She is the co-author of the best-selling book, Go For No. Yes is the destination, no is how you get there. The Go For No strategy has been featured online and offline in magazines and journals, including Success Magazine, Forbes, and many others. Today, Go For No is a well-known methodology in the world of sales and widely recognized as one of the best programs that deals with rejection in business, something I talk a lot about, so this is going to be juicy. And in fact, Andrea has been teaching people in almost every business and industry how to think and feel differently about failure, rejection, and the word no to achieve their goals and dreams. This topic is as I've said, very close to my heart, something I really needed to master in my own personal business journey. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I am so glad to be with you. I'm excited. Okay, so let's let's frame this up. I teach that sales is what moves money. If you want to make more money in your business. There's lots of things that you need to to recognize, do, put into place. And if you're actually avoiding sales or not making sales, doing doing the thing that is the, the transaction that moves money from one person to another, you're not going to be able to grow your revenue and your income and your impact and your life and all of that. So sales comes to us, right? Like we have to, we have to embrace it. Um, so, and yet it is something that many people run screaming from the room, like trying to avoid, uh, feeling really uncomfortable about it. So I thought it would be super helpful to have your perspective on sales, both for my clients who I actively coach around sales and for our listeners who, who really, uh, want to make a big income breakthrough, want to make a big impact with their business, want to grow their revenue, but are hitting sometimes a very real sales block. So let's start with you laying out for us, what's the go for no methodology and why is it important? Perfect. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Sales, uh, I think Mark Cuban said, sales solves all problems. And yeah, it's amazing how many people want to be in business, they want to thrive, they want to succeed, and yet they hate sales. And this causes a lot of cognitive dissonance because you can't have it both ways. You can't thrive and have a successful business and not sell. And the funny thing is, Disneyland sells, your doctor sells, the vet sells, they sell you on the latest flea treatment for your dog. I mean, everybody sells the most, even the most, we think the most noble professions, they they all sell and they they have adopted a model. So I'm good, I am gonna get to go for no, but just to your point, what a fabulous way to open, I think, is that we teach kind of a mental model of, there are two big concerns for all of us and it's it's 
getting those results. And it's also building relationships slash not just building the relationship, but having people like us because we all want to be liked and that, and, and we are wired that way. We're wired not to get rejected. So when you combine those two concerns, that is the ideal style. But what happens sometimes is people have the concern where the, the concern for being liked is so strong and they, they put the concern for results kind of on the back burner. They think maybe they're not worthy to have the great results that they want and they deserve. And I, I have no doubt you speak to this as a coach. And so what happens is it becomes all about being liked and then they find themselves in a position of just trying to be an order taker and trying to have those sales roll in without having to do the uncomfortable things like ask. And that's really where go for no comes in. Go for no is all about having the courage to face a no so that you can move through those no's, experience the rejection, have, yes, it's painful. There's no way for us to get rid of that pain, but to move through that, knowing that and understanding that the yeses are on the other side. And and really what we say, and it, I hate to use the numbers game thing because that's so old. That's like sales old school. Um, however, the more no's typically that you are willing to hear, the more yeses that you are also willing to hear. There is, you can't help but have like that kind of st statistical relationship. So that's really the, the easy explanation of what go for no is. But as yeah. I've learned, as I've learned teaching this for 20 years, there's so much more, like there's so many nuances. I love that. I love that. So one of the things that I picked up uh, in speaking, just in listening to you right now is just this idea of asking. So like I listen to my clients sales calls, right? And I give them feedback and coaching on how to improve how they're showing up, the, the, the energy that they show up with, the questions that they ask, the whole, the whole process. And what's always uh, fascinating is that oftentimes I will, the, the beginning first few calls that, or at least the first one th that they send me to listen to and give them feedback, they don't ask for the sale. And I think that this is such a really simple concept, like everyone should post-it note this, like ask, ask and it is given, right? You you will not, it's, it's not, there's an old uh, paradigm that if I'm great at what I do, if people like me, they will buy from me. And this is true, whether you're, you're asking people for a referral or you're networking with people or, and you want to like set up your next call with them, or you're asking for a sale, you've got to ask. And a lot of people have a big hangup around asking. And, and do you think it's, fundamentally around those two uh, pieces, wanting to be liked and fear of rejection, which are really two, two things, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, I really do. I really think it's that simple. Um, and so what, what ends up happening though, and this is what's fascinating is that oftentimes people will think that what they need is a better script. Um, and not that scripting is bad because I think as you improve, as you get better, you want to learn how to communicate your message. I think that's such a big thing, right? We, we have to get our messaging down and make it simple for people to understand. So 
that it's not just that, but I think so much of it, they think, um, I need to learn more, how more techniques, more, how, how do I ask, how do I say it? And we say often that, you know, you could have the worst screwed up, messed up stuttering presentation that just like is so embarrassing. And then at the end say, so would you like to sign up? Would you like to do this? Would you like, are you ready to buy? And you know, if you're talking to the right person, if you've qualified them and if they have a want and you've created some also desire, hopefully, you'll get a yes. So it, I, I think there's so much going on there. Rejection tied into being liked, tied into perfectionism. I have people who want so badly to break out of a stagnant place. They want to be successful, but they are paralyzed. So one of the things that we talk about is you have to give yourself permission to fail. You have to give yourself permission to be bad and better to have a screwed up, messed up, embarrassing call and learn from it and pick yourself up. And my favorite quote from Jack Canfield, when I, I interviewed him years ago about self-confidence and he said, self-confidence is the successfully survived risk. That is what the definition of it, that, that, that's how you build self-confidence. Right. So you you don't do it in a vacuum. You don't, you don't say I'm going to build my self-confidence before I take the action or before I put myself out there or before I ask for the sale. You do it in the process, in the journey. I know that that was the, the case for me. Yeah, Andrea, I, it's not that I was a retiring violet before I started my business journey, my entrepreneurial journey. However, I had all these same fears, right? I wanted to be liked. I wanted to do the right thing. That was that was a big one for me. I wanted to not do the wrong thing by asking hard questions in a sales conversation and things like that. And I didn't want to be rejected. I, I wanted to be a winner, right? I wanted to win all the time. And yet I had to learn and I had to learn through the journey that no one buys if you don't ask, okay? Or rarely, I shouldn't say no one, but very rarely. And that you're going to get more no's than yeses. And that was a, that was a big one for me. And, and the story that I tell that I learned from my mentor, and I don't know where he heard it, but uh, you know, it, it, it's a great concept is that, you know, McDonald's is a multi-billion dollar business. They're on almost every street corner in almost every town, right? Well, not every street corner, but in on a street corner in almost every single town. And, and in cities in multiple street corners. And yet, I don't eat McDonald's personally. I drive by McDonald's more times than I've ever bought anything there. From me, they're getting more no's than yeses. And of the multi-billion number of people worldwide that drive past McDonald's, they always get more no's than yeses. Does it stop them from doing their marketing? Does it stop them from asking for the sale? You know, no, there's an order taker at the front, okay? And, and you'll always, so if you, if you take it out of the personal and put it into just this like, this, this is a, a business, 
Okay. Now I'm not saying you don't treat people with respect or humanity, or you treat them like a number. That is not my argument here, but I'm just saying, if you take out the, that, uh, taking it personal, personally aspect of it and really look at it from a perspective that in business, no matter what business you're in, you're always going to get more no's than yeses. And to embrace that. Yeah. 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 You, you have to embrace it because if you want it to be another way, it can't be another way. Sometimes people hear go for no and they think, wow, that's so negative. I don't want to hear no. I want to hear yes. And, and that is absolutely true. Um, we know that, but we, I like to think of it as let's take an objective reality that rejection is out there. There's no, no way to make that any, any softer, any nicer, the rejection is out there. So can we think about it in a positive way? Can you learn to value it? Um, and one of the analogies I tell people is picture getting a no as a gift. And if you think about somebody handing you a gift, you usually, you get it and you think, well, what am I going to do with this? Where am I going to put it? Am I going to put it on a shelf over here? What's my, what's my next move? And so even mentally changing the way you visualize that and saying, I'm not going to just take this no and run. I'm going to see it as a gift. I'm going to figure out what, what can I learn from this? What are the lessons? And also it doesn't mean that it's necessarily never it's so I take it as a gift and I think, and I say, how can I build on this connection with this person? Because they may not have the right information or oftentimes, and this is so true just in the world of, I guess, change, personal development, or really anything that requires somebody to make a decision that they feel is scary, is new, is different. People are so hesitant to change. I know that because I am, right? I don't want to make, I don't want to make the wrong decision. I don't want to regret my decision. So oftentimes I'll see something and I'll even have somebody ask or have somebody offer. And then I think, well, I'm going to wait, wait for what? So you have to help people off the fence of indecision. You've, you've got to, and you've got to take that no with grace, receive it with grace, think of it as a gift, and then figure out how do I continue to build on this relationship? Because this no oftentimes will be a yes if I just stick with this person. They're just scared to make a change. Absolutely. So it's a no for now. That's the reframe. And, and then also I teach sales as service right? Like you're the sales conversation, even if you get a no, leave the person better off than they were before they spoke to you and be of service in that conversation. And you can do that in your follow-up and, and, and how do you continue to serve them while you continue to ask for the sale? And it's, yeah. it's a, it's a real, um, it's a ex- more expanded version of what sales means than what most people conceive of it as. Right. And to that point, if you um, handle that in such a way that you make that person who's working with you feel empowered to give you a no, meaning they feel in control, comfortable to be honest with you, then what's going to happen is when you do follow up, they're going to be more comfortable with you. And at some point, if, if that they're going to be more willing to say yes, because they know that you're not going to pressure them, that, that you aren't manipulating, that you aren't trying to be that pushy person that none of us want to be. And I think you mentioned referrals, even if they're not right for, and 
we're not all right for everybody. So even if they're not a good fit for you, if you handle their no with grace and respect and positivity, just, you know, being positive and, and that will allow them to have that freedom to say, you know what, if I give this referral to this person, I know they're in good hands. I didn't just push yeah. a pushy salesperson onto someone else because we know, right? I think that's the big thing with referrals is you've got to be comfortable knowing that you've just put your friend or peer or colleague on the phone with this person and are they going to have a bad experience? Well, if you make it a good experience, your referrals would be so much more easy. I love that. I love that. So what is what are a few ways, like when someone gets a no, what are a few ways to respond to that with that level of positive positivity that allows people to really feel that you're respecting them and uh, then, you know, refer maybe or come back in, in the future. So what are a few ways of like, can you model that for us energetically and the actual words that you use? Yeah. So one of the things that we used to teach when um, my husband and I, our background is in retail speaking and training. And we would always teach that when somebody walks into a retail store, you know, there's that classic interaction of, um, hi, can I help you? No, thanks. I'm just looking. Right. And we all, we've all been trained to say, no, thanks. I'm just looking. Even if we, we are on a complete mission, we know exactly what we want. We don't want to tell this person for a wide variety of reasons. So what typically happens is that that person, that, that retail salesperson usually says, oh, okay. And then they turn and go. One of the things that we always coach people to do was really change up the record and say, oh, fabulous. Well, of all the places to just look, you picked a great one or you picked the right one so that it just plays a little differently for this customer who's shopping. And it's the same thing when you respond to a no. And it's not about reacting. It is about responding. And so it's there's two pieces to it. There's how you respond in your mind and there's how you respond externally in your actual response. So the knee-jerk reaction in our mind is to be deflated and to think that we've done something wrong and maybe to be even ashamed or embarrassed. That is something that we really work on with Go For No is, hey, it's it's just part of it. This is the growth process. This is, in fact, when you go for no, um, we, we have people do challenges where they're trying to get no's. And so it's play that differently in your head. But then outwardly, and this is kind of the response of, uh, of being gracious, it's something like, oh, well, fantastic. I'm so glad that you made that, that you made a decision either way. It helps you, it helps me. Um, but let me just ask you a question. And this is where the, the gift comes in. This is where you really have to decide what do you want to do next? So it's always respond positively with a couple just simple words. Um, and this could be on email, this could be on text or it could be in person. And then how do you keep that relationship going? Um, you could say something like, and this, this is where the art comes in. So you could be a little bit more persuasive and say, oh, great. I'm so glad that you reached a decision, but I have to tell you, I am surprised. So and this is if you want to dig into it, what made you say say no? Because I thought that after everything that we've talked about, this would be perfect for you. Now, if you don't want to go persuasive and you just want to keep the door open, you could say, oh, fabulous. I'm glad you made a decision. Um, hey, let me ask you this question. Would you mind, because I have found that uh, this happens quite often for people, if I check back with you in, let's say, 8, 12 weeks, just to see if anything has changed. And so you keep that door open 
And usually that person will say, yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. Or I have no, yeah, I have no problem with that just to see if something has changed. It's very, it's one of my favorite things because change is inevitable with all of us. So it's a very safe way of bringing that forward. And the great thing is, and this is where go for no really, it, it works. If they say, no, you know, this is just not something I think I'll ever be interested in. I really just, just no. <laughs> At that point, still maintain that positivity and say, oh, okay, well, great. Well, I, I wish you well and thank you for, you know, hearing me or thank you for meeting and then be on your way and just, you got to know that's great. Now you're not wondering, you're not waiting, you're not hoping, and you can just move on to somebody else who is a better fit for you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Those are really three separate, very concrete, tactical ways of responding. So uh, if you're listening, I would go back, listen to the end, and then go back and listen to this section again, because those are some really tactical ways to, to integrate this concept into your, your practice. And I would, speaking of practice, model practice saying these things, not just in your head, not just on paper, but out loud, walking around the house, in the shower, in the car, get it so it's like in your body and you, you can naturally, easily, automatically respond in that way. I think this is such an important piece. Like you said earlier, and we were talking about, you don't get better in a vacuum. You don't get better by not putting yourself out there and practicing. And, and it reminds me of the, the book by Carol Dweck. Uh, mindset where, you know, she, she talks about people with a growth mindset and people who don't have a growth mindset and that we can have a growth mindset in certain areas of our lives and businesses and not in other areas. And just as a, a, a wee summary for anyone who hasn't read the book, that's, it, it's, it's a really important point. If you don't have a, a growth mindset is if you try something and it doesn't work initially, you, you, figure out the lessons learned, you figure out what you need to do differently, you, you up your skill set, you practice, you engage more, you keep at it, you don't quit, you keep at it, you stay persistent until you master what it is you're after. Now, there are areas that we are naturally more inclined to be better at than others. I am not an athlete, but there are people who are more like they, they come out of the womb just with all the genes and the quick fibers and all of that, that they're much more athletic. So they have much easier success more immediately with athleticism. When you take them and you put them in say a business area or a arts area, they might not have the same level of natural uh, success. And that's certainly true for me, put me in an athletic area. I don't have the same, I have to work harder. I have to master, I have to take it slowly. I have to hone my skills. So with this in mind, uh, what would you say to the person who is not immediately successful, even using your method, right? Like who, who other sales methods, your methods, but like, how do you speak to this concept that it's a a skill set and that you need to have a growth mindset? Like what is your perspective on that and how, how do you coach people up? Yeah, so we don't sugarcoat uh, failure. And in fact, that is a word that is used in Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, because she's all about 
learning and growth, as you said, it's not about proving yourself. It's about what's, where's the learning and also having a belief and not holding on to the idea that you can't. So when you were speaking, what was coming up for me in that moment was one of the things I coach people on as well is I, I, I'm sure you've met these people too. They love to hold on and affirm the belief that they can't sell and that they're not a salesperson. And they've held on to that belief for so long that it's really hard to break that down because, you know, it's like when you believe anything, I forever and even still to this day, I'm challenged. I grew up saying I can't do math. Math is horrible. It was a bad subject for me in high school. And, you know, so now it's thank God for calculators because I can't do math. That's like this belief. So letting go of that belief uh, about ourselves is so important. And one of the ways that we do that is we talk about failure and how in the old kind of the old model that we've all been taught and trained by society and teachers and parents and everybody is that we are in the middle success is on one side failures on the other it is our mission to succeed and not fail we avoid failure we avoid rejection we avoid hearing no we're just supposed to succeed whereas the model that we want people to embrace is where they're actually on one side failure rejection hearing the word no is in the middle the success that we're after is on the other side so when people start doing these behaviors, when they start asking and we start, they start saying, okay, I'm gonna go for it. And then they get no, they think immediately that old programming kicks in of, I'm doing something wrong. This is, wait, this is bad. This is, I'm not supposed to hear no. And that's why we're constantly talking about this model. You're not doing something wrong. This is part of it. Though it will, these these things will change. Uh, you will stop getting so many no's when you allow yourself to move through that process. However long it takes, it's it is that learning. Eventually, you you learn to tie your shoes. Eventually, you learned the bike and you got rid of the training wheels. It's the same thing. It just, I think, what happens for adults is we hit a roadblock and we say nope. This is not working always a little too soon, always before the growth really starts to happen. Yeah. So one of the things that I think happens is that people only see the after stories of entrepreneurs, successful businesses, and they don't, they either don't hear the stories that are being shared or they don't know about the stories of the fact that all successful business owners and entrepreneurs fail so many times, hear no so many times, but they get up and they're persistent and they keep going despite that. I know that that was the case for me, right? That I did not, I did not land with a, you know, a seven figure business, That that is not how it, it came into being there. There was a lot of asking and getting no's, whether it was, you know, asking in the sales conversation or asking for, you know, to be visible with, you know, partnerships or whatever, you know, JV relationships, you know, there's, there was a lot of putting my foot in my mouth. Here's, here's something that I want to elaborate on. It wasn't just getting no's, Andrea. It was the shame of putting my foot, not just in my mouth, but like down my throat all the way, all the way, right? Like, trying to figure out how to ask these questions, how to engage, how to be, be in a sales conversation or any other conversation. What, how, do I, how do I really serve someone by helping them see you know, what's stopping them, what's challenging them without going 
over the line. Mm -hmm. And that was challenging for me because I had a lot of beliefs that said the line was here and that kept me from asking or, or really truly being of service because the line was a lot further. So then I started pushing it a little bit, testing out the waters. And inevitably I went way too far. I alienated people. I, I felt bad about that. Um, it, was, it was not just, let me be super, super clear with people, pulling back the curtains here. It was not just, oh, too bad they don't like me, but oh, I've really freaking offended someone, right? Like I have alienated someone. I have said something that hurt someone's feelings, like really pushed it. And yet I could not have mastered this process of building a business of which sales is a key component of without having those levels of failure, whether it was saying the wrong thing or not making sales or whatever it was, like I had to, to stay persistent and I have lots more to say on that, but like, can you, can you share a little bit about how to approach this concept that you are going to mess it up? Like, not just that you'll get the no, but you won't do the process perfectly, right? Because, you know, there, you've, you've laid out this great methodology. The methodology is like, you do this, then you ask, and you get the no, but you keep going. But what if you don't do the this before you ask for the no, or ask for the sale and get the no, or the yes, let's always put that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What happens if you don't work the process properly? Like, what? How do you coach people up in terms of the perspective they need to have on that? Well, for us, it, it again, it really comes down to forcing as much as I as much as I can, you know, without moving in with somebody and <laughs> and then and then right, I have to charge a lot more for that, um, <laughs> and I like to eat out, so I mean, it gets really expensive. Um, it comes back to embracing that imperfection and embracing that failure. I always tell um, people like in in this, I do these go for no challenges, uh, 21 day challenges. It's kind of a small, it's a small group thing. And I always say, if I told everybody that you had to pick up the phone, pick, pick a number from random out of your phone, call and get a yes, and you have to do it. There's a tremendous amount of pressure and stress on you to do that, a tremendous amount of pressure to perform. So um, in our world, we're really trying to get people into the practice of going for no. It's not the nuances of getting it perfect. So a lot of times people are in the beginning and there is a lot of fear and anxiety and hesitation and there's only so much I can push. But my advice is we're not actually telling you to get a yes, we're telling you to get to go for no and fail and mess up. And like you, Amira, I had embarrassing conversations and would get off the phone and go like, oh my gosh, you sounded like such, what does this person think of you? You sounded like an idiot. You have to embrace that. You've got to fall in love with failure. We don't sugarcoat it. We don't say it's a challenge or an obstacle. We say there's nothing wrong with failing. It's part of the process. And um, I think sometimes people have a, a perfectionism or sometimes um, they have valid concerns of, hey, this is a really big deal. I don't want to mess this up. And I, I get that. 
but you'll spend your life waiting yeah. until you think you're ready, until you think this thing will go perfectly. I would rather have you just mess it up. And you know what? Just mess it up because there are other opportunities. You think this is the only opportunity. You think this is the final. I've had so many, yeah. being 20 years, I've had so many this will change everything. This will put our business on the map. This will be the best yes. And oftentimes when I've gotten them, it's like, it, it didn't matter. And the no's I've gotten didn't matter either. And there's always a, a way to have a do-over also. But so here's the thing, Andrea, why do you think some people are willing to put themselves in the game like this? And some, some people are not, you know, cause there, there is like, like you can be, you can have the best methodology. You can be the best coach. And yet someone is unwilling to put themselves in the game. They know what to do, but they're unwilling to do it. So I've been watching people in my classes because I've been trying to figure that out too. I, I'm, it's baffling and it's, I think it's different from, for everybody. You know, there's that old phrase of you get sick and tired of being, in, of being sick and tired. There was somebody mm -hmm. in my class just recently who really stepped up his game, did an amazing, his name is Martin. He did an amazing go for no challenge. He got 20 no's a day. He was, he's being, he's an asking machine and learning, 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 and he's encouraging everybody. And he said, in the class, he said, you know, I read Go For No four years ago, and I knew that's what I needed to do, and I could just never get myself off the dime. So I think there's a couple things. I think one is, as he has kind of shared with me, one is just a commitment. And for me, in my own business, my experiences, if I didn't do it, I would be out of business. Um, yeah. There's been situations where I didn't want to, I was tired of hearing no, I didn't want any, I didn't want to have to do this. And I, it was kind of like, well, then lose your business. D just don't, yep. do, don't do this. So you're either going to commit and you either like it and you're passionate about it enough that you are willing to put in the work and put in the, and, and really experience the painful feelings. It, this really is about experiencing uncomfortable, painful feelings, being feeling oftentimes very out of control, right? You, you're dealing with someone else. You have no control over them. You, you do have control over yourself, but you don't know what's going to happen. And that's, I think, very, there's a lot of fear going on for people. So what's on the other side has to be so worth it to you that you yeah. do it, right? Yeah. I, I, the way I phrase it is you've got to want it badly enough. And it's fascinating because people will say they want it badly enough, but they won't do the thing. And you'll know if you want it badly enough when you're in the store and you can't afford to buy the thing or you can't pay your credit card bills, or you can't do the next thing in your business. And yet you're not doing what moves money. You're not making it a priority for your business. Okay. And, and you, you, it, it's not about shaming yourself when you're in that recognition, you have to just look at the law of cause and effect here and go, okay, my results are showing me that I am not doing what I know I need to do. Sometimes there's ignorance. You don't know that you need to do this, but now that you've listened to this podcast, you know that you need to do this. So you need to actively put yourself out there and, and have sales conversations with people and, and, and ask for the sale and get a yes, get a no, get a decision. And if you're not doing that, if you're not actively putting yourself out there and, and doing that, then you know that you don't want it badly enough. You're willing to experience the pain of not 
being able to be in business and having to go back to a job, not being able to buy the things you want, pay for your kids and your family's lifestyle, pay for, you know, your credit cards, whatever it is, you know, that money has a, a place in your life. And you're saying, I'm willing to experience that pain. That's it's more, it's more important to me not to experience rejection, not to uh, experience the, 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 the shame of doing it wrong more than this uh, pain of being in the struggle around money. Or you could flip that and say, it's more important. It, I don't want it badly enough not to experience the, 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 the growth that's required of the process. So I, I, you, you have to really want it badly enough. What do you say to people when they're in dire circumstances. Like I was just riffing on like, you can't pay for the credit card, you're in the store and you're like, uh, I don't, I have 12 cents to my name, right? Like, it, it, and, and I've, I've heard the whole gamut um, from very successful, this is another pulling back the, the, the curtain for people. I have a lot of extraordinarily successful uh, clients who come to me and on the surface, they seem very successful, but their experience and some serious cash flow issues that we need to clean up and they're in some dire circumstances how do you speak to um having that positive attitude being okay with the no when you really freaking need the money mm. yeah i mean that is so tough because a big part of go for no and by the way it has just been um my entire uh, the go, go for no business, my, myself and my husband, we have been speakers going on stage and it's only through COVID recently. Um, well, COVID creating some different materials, kind of, um, pivoting, like everybody has pivoted that I am really getting a chance to work more directly with people, not on as a one-on-one -on -one coach, but in a group. So the truth is I haven't dug into and heard really like the private situations of what's going on with people. I don't know how bad it may necessarily be to be able to kind of help people through that. Because one of the important things would go for no is to not be desperate because the more desperate you are, um, the more people can sense that, the more they feel that, the more you are putting energy out there of, I need you to say yes, I need you to say yes, which actually repels people rather than Correct. attracts them. And so the posture that ideally you have, <laughs> and if you're experiencing all of this money stress, um, you need to have the exact opposite posture. So that's, and that's very stressful in itself to be able yeah. to just, um, and that's why uh, one of the things that from a go for no standpoint we talk about is uh, you need to get the numbers working in your favor. So we yeah. tell people set a goal for the number of no's you're going to hear. You need to up your activity as much as possible so that you are having so many conversations. And yes, you are getting a lot of no's, but you've got to up your activity to such a, a degree that you go through all of those no's, but the yeses are out there because we talked in the beginning about statistics, right? And if you are finding and qualifying people that are good candidates to work with you 
to be in business with you, to buy your products and services, then, um, and the more conversations you have, then hopefully the more yeses you get and the more you will have that posture. Um, but that's hard because you don't want to come across as desperate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think there's an energetics of it. And I'll just add that you, you know, this is where your imagination really works for you. You can get it to work for you because you, you, um, you can imagine that you're not desperate. You can imagine that you're in abundance and, and change your energetic state and your come from, um, at least for the energy of that sales call. Um, and, and you can do that by, by using your power of imagination and choice. So let me ask you this. Is there a time when feeling bad from a no is a healthy response? Well, like I said, very, very clearly, we are wired to um, not want to get rejected. And researchers, and you're probably aware of this, researchers have done studies where on rejection, where it is the same as pain feelings. We're getting that mm. rejection. And oftentimes I've asked people, you know, where do you fear, feel your rejection? And I've heard people say their heart, uh, <laughs> their stomach, right? I mean, you can literally feel reject that pain of rejection. I know I do. And um, it's always like somewhere deep in my stomach that I just feel kind of sick about it. And that's, that is the type of wiring that there's no that I have found that there's almost no mind hack, no matter how fantastic your mindset um, is, you're gonna have those feelings because until evolution, you know, until we're 500,000 years forward and maybe we've worked out these bugs and our brain has worked out these bugs, our brains are still really trying to keep us safe. So I think honoring the fact that your brain is doing what it can by uh, triggering these emotional responses, I think honoring it and saying, thank you. I appreciate the fact that you are trying to make this really feel really scary to get me into action, to keep me safe. Of course, your brain will go one step further because your brain basically thinks you're an idiot and doesn't trust you. Like I've got to do what I can to make sure that you understand that you need to bring in money. And this is very, very scary and you could be homeless tomorrow. Um, so it creates these, these situations to your point about imagination. So I think when you say, um, you know, is there a place for that? I think honoring that is important and then you've got to honor it and then you've got to move on. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Is there a, is there a place in your life outside of business that you've used this concept of going for no yeah. outside of the sales arena? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So in the, even in our go for no challenge, we have a, a little spot in the tracking sheet where we encourage people to get personal no's. And I do it all the time. You know, I try to I try to have, and by the way, um, in case anybody thinks like, oh yeah, the go for no people, they have their stuff together. No, no, no. We wrote go for no and couldn't have written it actually if we didn't suffer from fear of rejection. If, if we were one of those, you know, 0.001% out there who love hearing no and it's no issue, how could we have ever written the book? So this is a practice for me. Um, I took no very, very personally, because I really, I am a almost pathological people pleaser to the point where, you know, I really want people to like me. And I 
interpreted that if somebody rejected me, then how could they like me simultaneously? Are those, is it possible to have those things happen at the same time? And of course it is because we get safe no's from our friends and family all the time, right? You ask your girlfriend like, hey, do you want to go to this thing? And she says, oh no, I, that is not my thing. And you don't freak out, but so that, that, that's a safe no. So experiencing personal no's, creating that no awareness is, it's really important for me to practice this. I, I do it in my business, but also um, it's kind of funny. So we ordered a treadmill um, in December that was getting pushed back and pushed back by Nordic Track. And I'm like, where is this treadmill? I, could, I called them, I emailed them. Finally, I went on Twitter and direct messaged to the customer service people and they were like, oh, it's going to sh ship next week. And then it didn't. So I finally wrote them back and in a very nice way. I said, hey, I know this this might be a crazy thing to ask, but at this point with this kind of delay, is there like any discount, you know, at this yeah. point? And they wrote back and said, yeah, yeah, we'll credit you 5%. So I'm like, okay, I feel I'm annoyed, but I feel a little bit better. And it's just one more little thing that I did that is a a personal no that just gets me into practice and, and I love that being a type of top of mind. Yeah, I love that. I think you could do it in your personal relationships too, not just, you know, in your primary love romantic re relationship. I think it would be fascinating, you know, um ask so many you, yeah, ask, ask for, for what, what you, you want. want. Right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Before I answer my final questions to you, where can people find out more about what you do and connect with you? Yeah. So it's real easy. Um, we're well branded with go for no. I would encourage people to go to goforno.com, just like it sounds. Um, and we have a 20 question assessment, which is kind of fun. Just test your current mindset with where you, how you view failure, rejection, hearing the word no. So that's kind of a fun free thing you can do. And We've got a blog and, and, you know, pick up the book. It's, it's only 80 pages. It's super easy to read. And uh, that will really start you on your no journey. I love that. I love that. Okay. So entering into the final questions here, what do you love most about yourself? You, you've been in business, you've been in life. You've, you've, I assume you've lived a, a, a mighty full life and done some great things. When you do a self-assessment, what do you love most about yourself? Oh my gosh, this is a hard question. Uh... Well, you're thinking I'll, I'll share. I asked this because, you know, so many, my, my audience, although there are lots of men that listen to is primarily women. And there is a lip service to what it means to have self-love and to love yourself and I think it's really connected to um, this fear of rejection piece as well in my my personal framework. So it's curious what you would say to that. Yes, yes. I think what I love most about myself is um, I genuinely care about other people. Um, yeah. And I really, really want to help people. I, I don't, this is just a complete passion for me and so I love that, that I get to get up every morning and that I get to be authentic for what I'm sharing. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that uh, caring and being a people pleaser are two different things. Yeah. 
Yes, that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part two, right? Okay, so um, what what do you think makes you an unstoppable woman? Mm. I do not give up easily. And I love a good challenge. I mean, I really do. I love a good challenge. Um, in fact, my husband, who's the co-author of our book, Go For No, he's kind of the exact opposite. Like he, he very much um, needed Go For No. That's why, you know, he, it was such a epiphany for him. But I love the, like a good challenge where I'm digging in and I say, okay, I'm going to do this no matter how long it takes. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all the very tactical tips that you shared, the perspectives that you've modeled. Persistence. It's one of my, my favorite success strategies is persistence, that you're not afraid of the numbers. I'm, I'm very much a make love to the numbers, right? Like that you're, you're embracing that you need to, 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 engage with your stats and know your numbers and the more no's you get the more yeses you get and that there is there's a methodology to that and 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 for the way in which you've shared your personal story as well so thank you for that thank you for the amazing questions oh you're so welcome okay guys that's a wrap Thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode with the other women that you know in business that could really use some help with making an income breakthrough, raising their revenue, their sales, all of that. And please uh, catch us in the next episode. We love that you are a loyal listener. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for joining us and being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. We have got a ton of free resources for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And you can find that link in the description below. So go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting our message out to more and more women. If you'd be willing to share this video with all the unstoppable women in your life, that would be fantastic. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Reviews, likes, and comments are greatly appreciated. We go in and read them all. So thank you for those. And thanks for listening and be unstoppable.